Welcome. You're listening to a Mr. Thrive Media production. Mr. Thrive Media builds communities through its content marketing and networking events. During this pandemic, our dedicated team commits to the value of connection by producing podcast content while extending a helping hand towards artists and entertainment professionals. Mr. Thrive Media puts its values first by supporting small businesses and empowering emerging artists. For more information, visit www.mrthrive.com. That's mrthrive.com. Today's episode is going to be a rather unique experience. I've never done motivational speaking, but recently I was actually guesting on a podcast that will be releasing soon called the Queen Bee Podcast. You guys should check it out. It's led by these two really amazing figures who are life coaches. It is led by hosts Charity and Joan. On their podcast, I told them about some of my motivations and Charity noticed that a lot of my personal drive would resonate with a youth group that she leads called the Tribe Youth Empowerment Group. The Tribe Youth Empowerment Group is based out of Wisconsin. It's a small, intimate group that has young entrepreneurs who are trying to build up their confidence. Confidence is something that I myself sometimes struggle with. And because of that, I really felt like I could have a strong impact on these children. So when I was asked to do a program with them, I was incredibly flattered and I said yes right away. So I did this very intimate, vulnerable workshop slash motivational speech with this really great group. And afterwards, I got their permission to publicize it on my podcast. This unique group of individuals really has a place in my heart for the impact that they have left on my life. I'm eternally grateful for the opportunity I had to learn about them and to become some of their friends. Without further ado, I want you guys to hear my first ever attempt at public speaking for motivational purposes. Thank you for this opportunity and enjoy the show. Hi everyone. Thank you so much for having me, Charity, to the the Tribe Youth Empowerment Group. I love the name of the of this and um, I love the idea of it. This is my first time doing this and I also understand, you know, this program that I've created tonight, uh, I it it definitely requires everyone to be vulnerable, to be open and willing to hear me out and I can only ask that of you. If there's ever a moment where I ask a question, you want to keep a certain thought to yourself, by all means, please do that. You told, you do not need my permission to keep your thoughts to yourself. They're, you're entitled to them. But it might help if you write down some of the things that I ask questions for. So if you guys have a paper and a pen, I ask, have that ready to go. And I'll lead you guys by a step-by-step process. But I'm Chaz, Chaz Volk from Los Angeles, California. If, I, if, this, was, if this was a more formal kind of like networking setting, I would tell you that my company is Mr. Thrive Media and I'm a podcast producer. And what I do is I don't work with coaches, lawyers, and experts. I work with the coaches, the lawyers, and the experts. Why? Because they have podcasts. And I help people stand out in oversaturated markets. So that way they can rest easy knowing that they are able to build business and authority with their brand. I turn their network and their listeners and their listeners into dollars. That's my 30-second commercial right there, right? Um, but the real me, you know, I like to exercise. I had a crazy boot camp this morning with my trainer for 30 minutes, and I do that three times a week. I love board games. I just had a board game night last week. So are any of you guys fans of Settlers of Catan by chance? Yeah, you like Catan? Anyone else? I do. The yeah. kids introduced me to it, so we do that. We have how many board games downstairs? There's like 17 or 18 Ooh, board games for the tribe. We've got decks of cards, dice, you name it. We, we try to 
from the electronics. Epic. Sometimes, someday I'm going to swing by there and we could definitely have a board game night. I would love that. And I would love to meet the tribe as well in person. The last thing I want to say is that I'm a big fan of Star Wars. In fact, The Mandalorian totally sparked my interest in Star Wars. And I started like watching The Clone Wars after that. And I've watched Star Wars Rebels. And now I'm all caught up on the lore around the main movies. So I'm totally into Star Wars, right? And I'll, I'll, we'll get back to that in a second. And I even want to, I'm going to tell you guys more about myself pretty soon, besides the fact that I am this two-dimensional character from Los Angeles. But before I introduce myself in real, and have a real talk, I, I want to start my program by asking you guys to write down the thing you want to do with your life. And that thing, it doesn't necessarily have to be a job or your business. It can be, by the way. It can be what you want to do for retirement. What you, what, what, you, know, you can interpret that question however you want. I want you just to write down the thing that you want to do in life. I'll let you guys take a minute to do that. So with that thing you want to do in life, you know, I would love to hear you guys share some, share some of it if you'd like to tell me. Because this is the fun part of the program. You know, I love to hear what people want to do with their lives. I'll, I'll start right now just to break the ice. One day, I want to actually direct and write films. I don't want to do podcasts forever. And, but I want the business to still exist. So my dream scenario is getting a business that's self-sufficient, that I no longer have to run, collecting the paycheck from that, and then li living off the steady revenue of a successful business while writing screenplays and being a stay-at-home dad, taking care of my family and directing films for a few months out of a year. You know, that's like kind of my dream scenario. But, but how about you guys? Uh, Christian, what do you got? If you're willing to share, of course. Um, all I have is that I want to live comfortably with, like, no worries for, like, finances. You know, I I've always strived to want to do that. So... That's the dream. Thank you for sharing that. I really do appreciate that. And, and Haley, how about you? If you're willing. Oh, oh cool. <laughs> um, I want to be able to live on my own, um, be who I want to be, and provide comfort and safety for others, and then also build my own business. That's amazing. And what's your business? Tell me about that. Um, I basically am mostly going to be selling jewelry, and possibly I might branch out and do other things as well in like the arts. And I also want to run my own gaming channel or streaming kind of thing. Okay, we got a serial entrepreneur. Very cool. Um, <laughs> does anyone else want to share? Uh, I'd like to share. Yeah. I want to buy back my family's homestead. It, what used to be the homestead, that is. Because, you know, throughout the generations, it got sold off to different neighbors and what whatnot. I want to buy back all 130 acres of it when my grandpa owned it. And I want to just you know, bring it back to what it was as farmland for, you know, beef cattle, maybe own a horse. That'd be cool. That is a beautiful goal. I love that. And thank you so much for sharing that. Wow. There's a lot of heart in that. And I, I have so much respect for that. That's really beautiful. So mm -hmm. here's part two. Here's the kicker. Okay. Here's part two. And it's a very simple question. And it is, do you deserve it? deserve that thing it's just a yes or no and if it's a yes that you do deserve the thing that you want you should just keep listening without any bumps in the road you know there's there's nothing there's no hiccup to be had between this part of the conversation and the next part that i introduce right but if it's a no and you genuinely feel that you don't deserve the thing that you want i really highly suggest two things as starting actions from this point on 
a promise that you should make yourself today. And I, all I can ask of you is to one, surround yourself with a positive influence, a positive group of people around you, people who are better at you at certain things. So that way you can grow and learn from them and start to be absolutely savage about who you separate yourself from. The people that are toxic in your life, find ways to separate yourself from that. Because if you believe that you do not deserve the thing that you want in life, you're missing out on most of the pleasures that come with being alive. You're missing out on the point of living. And that is really to grow. I mean, that's really the, 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 the meaning of life. You know, they ask that, that question, what is the meaning of life? And it's very simple. If you look at how we're made as human beings, we're put on this earth to grow and to live the best lives we can while we're here. And life's too short to believe for even a fraction of it that you don't deserve that thing because you are a beautiful, incredible person. But if you do feel that you deserve it, you know, just we'll introduce the next part of this, okay? <laughs> so amazing. And the, other, the like other action item, by the way, that you can take if you do believe that you don't deserve it is just to seek professional help. It should be destigmatized that, you know, to see therapy or to go see a, a psychologist. I see a therapist, actually, um, you know, not necessarily for that issue. I see it for different issues in my life. You don't need to see it just because you have a low self-esteem. Having a therapist is so important. One of my best friends, by the way, is a therapist and she has a therapist. So let's just destigmatize the pursuit of mental health. And if you need it, get it. And if you don't need it, why not still get it? That's all I'm saying. For those who know why you deserve the thing that you want to do in life, now I want you to write down why you deserve it. And I'll give you guys a minute to write down why you deserve it. Oh, that's kind of hard. Yeah, that one's a lot harder. That that I know. I know. I do deserve it, but why? That that plays a little bit in my chest. Yeah, right. Like that. Where? Oof. <laughs> Yeah. That's okay. Listen, part, part of this experience is for a little bit of soul searching. It's, it's not meant to be easy. Not every part of soul searching is easy. So write down why you deserve it. And there's no wrong answer. Would you like to share with us? I wrote down I think I deserve it because I deserve happiness and to break away from my family ties. Wow. Well said. Beautiful. If Charlie's still writing um, charity... You, you said you had something that you liked writing down. Would you like to share that with us? Because I do. Yeah. There doesn't need to be a reason necessarily. No. That's what no. hit me. And I was like, oh, I don't really need a reason to want to live on in a boat in Hawaii, carefree, connected to nature. Ooh. Hmm. I just want to. Yeah. Yeah. I'm snapping to that. I like that a lot. Yeah. Very cool. I kind of have an answer similar to charities. I because I, I want to. I want to have lots of prime hunting and fishing land, and I want to see my family along, as, along with myself prosper. Perfect. Perfect. Mm -hmm. uh, and and to, be, to be completely even, and I, I just want to say to everyone who has shared something so far, uh, I think that's everyone, actually, now I think about it. I just want to say thank you for, A, having me, and B, being vulnerable, even during a recorded Zoom. Like, that's not always the easiest thing to do. And I'm incredibly flattered and I'm, it's a, it's a real honor to be a part of this group and share some of my thoughts on this. So the reason why I feel I deserve the things that I want, you know, besides the fact that I went to school to study film and besides the fact that I became a thesis student while I was there, 
I know deep down that I'm a good person. And that sounds very, that some might say, oh, he's so arrogant and cocky. Ugh. He just said he's a good person. Only, only a douche would say that. Well, let me tell you guys something right now. It, it's really okay to know that you're a good person so long as your actions speak louder than your words and you continue to have a mindset of spreading positivity. So I really firmly believe in spreading positivity whenever you can and finding constructive ways to solve issues. Um, and, you know, I think for these reasons, that makes me an eligible person to enjoy the things that I do. And you know what? I'm going to take a lesson out of Charity's uh, notebook, which is that, yeah, because I do. Mm -hmm. I love that. It reminds me of the commercials. It's my money and I want it now. Um, I don't know if they have those commercials over there, but they have that here on the West Coast. And it's, it's funny. <laughs> they're all over. They're, they're okay, all over. Sure. Here's, here's where things are going to get a little more real. And I have a question that's going to require everyone, not require, I, I take that back. It's up to you guys if you want to participate in this question. I, all I can do is ask you to participate in this question. I want you to take a few minutes to think about a time when you were wronged, not by a person or an event, but by life, when life had wronged you. And I want you to take a few minutes to really just think about that moment or that collection of moments and i'll give you guys a few minutes and then that'll be the proper introduction as to who i am and i'll tell you guys about who i am in a second so for those who have participated uh thank you and it's if if you don't want to share you don't have to uh i'm gonna i'm about to tell you guys about you know my experience and the way that life had wronged me at the beginning of the pandemic but now I finally get to tell you guys why I'm asking all these questions. And it's because besides destigmatizing the pursuit of good mental health, I'm also here to destigmatize anger because more often than not, we're told not to get angry at things and to move on. But I'm here to tell you that everyone is entitled to that anger. That's a natural human emotion that was given to you when you were born, whether you believe in God or not. So get angry. And here's my backstory as to why I'm angry. It was right before the pandemic. I had actually moved in with my girlfriend. Her name was Shelly. And Shelly and I were introduced because of my best friend, Izzy. And Izzy was Shelly's roommate. So now I was roommates with my best friend and my girlfriend, kind of in this dream scenario. And I had a full-time job and I worked at this really great nonprofit. And while working in this nonprofit, I actually had started my little side hustle of Mr. Thrive Media. That's my company. Uh, but it was just a side hustle where all I was doing was producing my podcast, my dad's podcast, and this woman who I met at a dinner one time named Kaylee. So I was producing three podcasts at the time. And when the pandemic began, the quarantine went into effect on my birthday, March 18th. So my plans to go to Lake Tahoe were diminished like that. After months and months of planning and getting all my friends on board, I had to Venmo all my, my, all my friends their money back, which sucked. I was living in 
probably my favorite place in LA that I actually want to move to one day, which is Westwood, which is right outside of UCLA. By May or April, around April and May of 2020, my girlfriend got laid off from her job. And suddenly, after I had just moved in, there was this strain because I was the one who was doubly employed. I was working for this nonprofit and I had my side hustle and she suddenly lost everything like that, like very quickly. And what happened after that was, you know, she was looking for jobs because she wanted to stay in California, but she more and more realized that this is a calling for her no longer to live in California. Now, I don't know about everyone's opinions on long distance relationships. I don't do long distance relationships. And she was from Texas and she decided that she was going to move back with her family. So that way she could collect herself while she gets her financial situation in order, which meant that now there was this new expiration date on our relationship. And that was this very sad, like new mode in life that I just wasn't expecting to experience was that just every second ticking away was another second like another second lost. So no second could be wasted. And I think at the time I didn't fully appreciate that. I'll be honest, as a criticism to myself, I didn't fully appreciate that. What happened was when Shelly moved back to Texas, she only came with a small sedan. So she actually couldn't bring all of her stuff, which means that she left the house that I just moved into with all of her stuff left behind. And she decided that she was gonna come back late June with her family to pick up her belongings in a few different SUVs. So they were going to road trip back and forth to get her stuff. So now enter the worst week of my life. (laughs) And on Monday of this week, uh, I was, I actually had a virtual date. My first virtual date ever was with this girl, random girl on Bumble, which is that dating app, you know? And um, I thought it went really well. And that was just me trying to get over Shelly. And otherwise it was a normal day at my nonprofit job and things were going fine and dandy. Tuesday comes the real kickoff of the week. And Tuesday was the day that my ex decided that she was going to come with her family to pick up her things, which was in the middle of my work day. So I'm there at work in what used to be our bedroom at my desk with the family moving heavy furniture behind me while I'm on Zoom calls. And it's very awkward having to tell people, yeah, my roommate's moving out with my ex now there. And because I didn't want to explain to them, you know, oh, it's my it's my girlfriend, you know, but it's my ex. Right. So my ex is leaving with her family. They're pushing stuff out. Right. You know, by the, by the end of the day, I, I was wondering where they were. Um, it was kind of like around lunchtime, not the end of the day, but by lunchtime. And uh, I thought they were done, but they also had left a bunch of stuff. And I realized Izzy was gone, too. And then I realized Izzy had actually left to go to lunch with them. And I found out when they came back and the family that I had spent time building a relationship with invited Izzy to go to lunch with them and not me. And that was the first time in my life I had ever felt jealous. And I actually really did not like my friend for a hot minute. And I remember he knocked on the door at one point and I was feeling too petty to answer the door. And then I could, I heard another knock on the door and it was a much lighter thump on the door. And I realized that's Shelly's knock. And I opened the door and she said, Hey, I'm, I'm leaving. I have everything packed up. I'm going home. And I wanted to give her a hug goodbye. And we couldn't, I couldn't hug her goodbye because the family wanted to stay protected from COVID. And yet she's only a few inches away from me. 
And that was really heartbreaking. And soon after she left and her family left and I had to say goodbye to that, I received a message on Bumble from the girl I had seen the day before. And the timing of this, by the way, is why I believe in God, right? This, the timing of this is like a moment, like I, I believe in God, right? Well, the, the girl on Bumble then messaged me and said, hey, Chaz, you're really nice, but I don't think it's going to work out. I wish you the best of luck. So I got rejected and dumped on the same day in the middle of a work day. And I'm trying to hold it together. Now, right after, right when work ended, I had a fellowship that I needed to complete. It was actually my last day in this fellowship. I really did not like the fellowship. Uh, my supervisor always undermined me in that job. So I really was looking forward to getting out of it. And on the last day, it was like this going away, goodbye Zoom meeting. And I'm on the Zoom call and I'm totally emotional, but I fake this smile. And once the fellowship was over, you know, thank God I took, you know, four years of acting in high school. You know, um, after faking a smile for like two hours or so, I then actually had something really exciting happen. And that was me and that guy, Izzy, who had gone to lunch with my ex. We were actually supposed to host, we were going to host our very first virtual networking event for artists, entertainment professionals. It was going to be the next addition to my business. And we actually still host these events on a regular basis. Haley, you know, you're an artist, so you might be interested in this event in the future. But we host virtual networking events for artists and entertainment professionals. And it started at this event after all of this chaos prior to that. And I felt sick to my stomach. I was just like totally in this depressed mood because of all the shit that had been thrown at me. Mm -hmm. And I had this fake it till you make it kind of moment where I already kind of was faking it. And because of that faking it, it actually turned into real joy when I saw the resounding attendance of artists coming in and the virtual performances that were done on these Zoom calls. And it was our, it was a huge success. It was such an amazing kickoff event. I, I, I fell in love with how amazing that event went. And I, it was actually the best emotional roller coaster I'd ever been on, right? And afterwards, after the event was over, an hour and a half later, I met my friend in the hallway who I wasn't willing to see an hour ago, and I gave him the biggest hug. And we were so pumped about what we had accomplished. We did something very well. It was amazing. That night, the only reason why I was able to fall asleep was because I smoked a joint. <laughs> you know, I, I was, I was, yeah, I was so emotionally, you know, I had been to the emotional rigor so dramatically that it was, it was just insanity. Wednesday was a normal day. It was a normal day. It was the only normal day of the whole time. And I was kind of like numb to life, like kind of still in shock. Thursday, started off as a normal day. And I'll never forget around 10 a.m. I'm, I'm on a call with my boss at the nonprofit job, at my full-time job. And um, my boss was actually impressed with the work I had been displaying. And we were on a call having a meeting about literally her handing off more responsibilities to me. When HR of this giant nonprofit that I worked for, the HR department had quickly sent me an email saying, you've been laid off. Thank you for working with us. Have a great day. And oh. so... I literally am on the boss. I'm on, I'm on the call with my boss who had no idea this was going to happen. And I was like in shock and all my boss could say was, I'm so sorry. I had no idea this was going to happen to you. She had no control over it. And I just remember I jumped, I, I was trying, I was in the middle of my conversation with my boss and the way that these security systems work when you learn, when you work for large corporations, as soon as you're terminated from their employment, 
they actually log you out of your all your systems, everything everything you do, 10 minutes after you're notified. So I was logged out really quickly. I had no chance to process what had happened, nor message any of my coworkers about this new change in my life. And there was no warning. It was just, goodbye. You're the ant. You're the ant out of an ant colony. Goodbye. And I was gone. And I just had my boss pass on a message for me to my coworkers. And in this moment, you know, I remember sitting in my room very quietly, uh, this now empty room that, you know, very quickly everything had just changed in my life. And uh, this hollow shell that used to be filled with life, I made a decision in that room, which was the only thing I have left now is my side hustle. I'm going to turn that into my full-time business because no matter how much any job respects me in life, which that was the first job that ever respected me, no matter how much any job will ever respect me in life, uh, I will still not have any control. And that will always anger me that I accepted for such a long period of time, the lack of control that you think is just the way you're supposed to live life. So this is your burn your ships moment. And for those who don't know what burning your ships means, it actually comes from a real life history lesson about Hernando Cortez, the conquistador. When he showed up on the Yucatan shores in South America to defeat the Aztecs, the first thing him and his soldiers did was they burned the ships they arrived on. And why did he do that? Why would anyone do such a crazy thing as burn the ships they arrived on? Because he would not allow for retreat. Let me repeat mm -hmm. that again. He didn't want to give his soldiers the option to retreat. So that, that way, when he was fighting, they would fight to the bitter end. They would fight because their lives actually depended on it, that there is no plan B. There's only plan A. So I had a burn your ships moment. My ships were burned for me. This was my moment. I decided I'm never going to, I'm never going to seek a job again. I'm just going to do this, but don't get me wrong. I, I still had my panic attack and I just cried in the corner of that room. Cause that's what I did again, destigmatizing, these things. Okay? I'm going to talk about my emotions as a masculine man. Okay. Uh, yep. I cried a lot. Okay. That's just what happened. Right. Mm -hmm. Friday, you know, I called up the place I was supposed to move into and told them to shred up my lease. I called up my parents and told them I'm going to move in with them because I didn't have any income. Mm -hmm. You know, I, you know, I was pretty numb. I was pretty much in this shock. And Friday, my best friend Izzy and his girlfriend at the time took me on this hike and I third wheeled with them. And even despite being in nature, I just didn't have the ability to process the any kind of positivity that might have been physically around me in that moment. I just was still shocked to the core with this drastic change in my life. Mm -hmm. And then on Saturday, Saturday was the 4th of July. And that was a really fun day up until I sprained my ankle. <laughs> and when I sprained my ankle, that ended my running capabilities for two and a half months. And I had just started to like running. And it actually takes a lot longer to recover from a sprain versus a break because of the sprain, you're actually damaging soft tissue. And that takes a lot longer to heal. So I could, I was limping and it was in dire pain. It was terrible. And, and just the next part's kind of short, which is just that the month after that, I committed to, you know, living structured days and building my business. And I spent the entire pandemic building a business in my parents' house. 
And now I live on my own because my business is self-sustained and steadily growing. And now we're at this point. And I actually, in a lot of different ways, I'm very glad that that terrible week happened in my life. That was the worst week of my life. I hope to never repeat it. And I don't want anyone, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemies. So that's what took place with me. That's, that's the moment that life did me wrong. And I, I just shared with you guys a lot, maybe even overshared. I want to give you guys the opportunity to share if you guys would like. So if anyone has written anything down already, would you guys like to share that? My rock bottom was at the beginning of the pandemic with failing grades and then immediately put into a home of nine different people at the time living there. And uh, this is this is a four-bedroom household. It, it was a three-bedroom, but we turned the office into a fourth bedroom. And at that time, I had to share a bedroom with my two littlest siblings. Oh, and it was... You know, online schooling, so I was sitting in the same room with them all of my school day, and then having to go sleep in the same room with them I <sighs> later that same evening, and it was just, I was so stressed to the point where I couldn't sleep. There were, there were just days at a time where I just wouldn't sleep at all, and I was so hypersensitive to the different things around me. I was just too stressed out at that point. The only thing I could possibly think to do was draw. There was a Thank lot you. of tech between you and I too during that. <laughs> Thank you for sharing, Charlie. Really do appreciate it. Mm -hmm. um, would anyone else like to share? Maybe Christian? Well, uh, or I could go. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I'm actually currently coming out of my rock bottom. It started when COVID first hit. My mother and I had been going back and forth at each other for a while. It was not a good situation. I was to a point where I was just starting to get out of having panic attacks every half hour and not sleeping. And, you know, the basic signs of, oh, my God, what is going on? So I basically just threw it and drove to West Dallas, stayed there for like two, three days, ended up going and moving home with my dad for a year worked at Quick Trip, it was a completely different atmosphere, like, I'm transgender, so, or female to male, and I am also bisexual, and currently dating a transgender partner. I moved into Trump, pictures of Trump on the table, the flag flying outside, um, stuff like Hobby Lobby is such a good organization, they donate so many amazing charities, sitting there going, oh god, if my grandparents knew who I was, if my dad knew who I actually was, they might send me to a conversion camp. I might be in actual danger. So I stayed there for a year, naturally, as one does. And now I'm currently sleeping on my in Berlin. Wow. Max, thank you for sharing. And I think you're so brave for embracing your identity. Wow. Thank you. Would anyone else like to share? I mean, I can go. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, the year is 2018. Uh, my grandma died in January. I was living with them with my aunt and my uncle. Well, my aunt has been moved out at that time for like a year or two. She had a kid, but I was living with my grandparents and my uncle. Um, then 
within that year, my grandpa died and my world kind of changed upset, like flipped upside down. And I haven't been the same since. That's all I really have to say. Thank you for sharing, Christian. Would anyone else like to share? Um, for me, I'm probably going to say my rock bottom is probably around 7th and 8th grade. It's still kind of happening, but it's getting a lot better now. The reason I say that is because I know 7th grade, I was actually self-harming quite a bit, and I had a lot of suicidal thoughts, and I would kind of sort of attempt. And I know it was really rough for me back then, and I was also not doing the best in school. And then COVID hit in 8th grade, and that didn't help anything. And so it kind of was rough for me. And I know this year also has been rough for me, considering recently – like two months ago-ish, I had two people die within, this, within like not even a week of each other in my family. And I'm, and then I know I'm starting to figure out more of identity, but I know I can't tell my parents because I don't know what they'll do to me. Wow. I want to thank everyone who has shared so far. You guys are so brave and the way that this group is embracing identity and pursuing the things that you guys deserve in your life is beautiful. Would anyone else like to share? I will share. How long have I been married, Dave? (laughs) (laughs) My, I have to stop and think. We got married in 2016. We got together in 2014. My rock bottom was 2011 into 2012. My back went out. My thyroid burned out. My parathyroids burned out. My uterus tried to fall out of my body. I found out my husband was cheating on me from Dave not with Dave, from Dave. Let me make that perfectly clear. (laughs) He was introduced to my then husband as someone else's boyfriend at a Halloween party I was supposed to go to, but they all canceled on me. Um, My ex-husband left me sit at the hospital after back fusion surgery. I had no ride home, had my head smashed in, staples put in the back of my head, uh, denied food, money taken away, all because I caught him cheating on me. So I didn't realize that I had actually married a male version of my mom because my mom did all the same crap to me. It was normal. So I, I moved in with it and then I had children with it. Sorry, I shouldn't call him an it, but I've, it, it was very humbling because all of a sudden I had to stand on my own two feet very, very quickly with two young children. Um, I managed to secure a mortgage for my house. My kids wouldn't have to move and he managed to tank it and got us kicked out, foreclosed on. And it has been a hell of a nine years ever since. Any chance he gets, he takes us to court. Um, has withheld my daughter for two years from me, but completed under violation of the custody agreement. The court found him guilty and then rewarded him with child support. <laughs> yeah. How does that even work? Wisconsin's broken. Oh, it's so broken she's now 18 um i believe in letting the kids have the freedom of making their own choice within reason as long as they're not gonna you know hurt themselves yes so she wanted to live with dad because dad doesn't pay attention dad stays out of her life dad lets her do what she wants and gives her what she wants i'm not going to compete with that the courts wanted me to be this melodramatic, uh, beg her. And I've seen what that mentally does to kids and it breaks them. My stepson has eight personalities due to abuse like that. I wasn't doing it to my own kids. We also in that mix found out that my stepchildren were being severely abused for the last 10 years by their mom. And my mother-in-law actually 
buried the paperwork so my husband wouldn't find out about it. Oh yeah, dude, it runs, it runs deep. It's been an interesting seven years. Wow, I can't math today. Okay, I can't. Um, that either. Yeah, my family. Interesting. But I would, I would definitely say my rock bottom was at 2011, 2012, when I was like, "What the hell," you know? And I've had to crawl back up those walls on my own, and I've proven I can do this. Mm-hmm. And so now I'm not letting anyone stop me. So at the same time, I am grateful for what came out of that, because even with a pandemic, right. Zoom. <laughs> c-suite happened i ended up meeting chaz and all these amazing people so and yes babe winkleman <laughs> charlie likes to hunt and fish so Got babe it. winkleman is like woohoo you know so it it's always a double-edged sword when i'm answering that question because at the same time while i felt like i was crashing and burning it was like the tower coming down and i got to rebuild and start over and build the life i want instead instead of living the way other people wanted me to live. Good day to be able to put that positive spin on it. So, <laughs> Charity, thank you for being so vulnerable and telling us this story unabashed, you know? <laughs> and um, I, want, I want to commend you for your bravery and I want to commend you for the blocks you're building. I want thank to you. say to everyone here that you've all been brave and I want to thank you to, for everyone who listened to me to tell my story. What I will say is that all of our reasons for being at our rock bottom when life did you wrong are unique, but they all give us right to experience the same thing. And that is to get fucking angry. I want you to get angry. I want you to have the power to be angry because when you get angry, And then you think about the thing that you deserve in life. You use that anger to get to that destination, no matter what. And one of my mottos based on this concept, my personal motto, I one day want to write a book about it, is to work angrily, present happily, and reflect humbly. I want to do a callback to one of my loves that I mentioned at the very beginning when I introduced myself, and that is that I love Star Wars. And one of the things I love about Star Wars is probably, I think, one of my favorite characters, I think, just really makes the entire lore so fascinating. And that is the story of Darth Maul. And Darth Maul, he really actually, even though he's a very emotional character, for those who know Star Wars, he's very hateful. He's all about revenge. He's actually very emotional. And you see him on a wide spectrum of anger. But within that persona of anger, What he actually displays so perfectly is the concept of stoicism. And stoicism is the act of reaching your goal and going through the pain while not showing any bit of emotion or hiccup in that time. So it's the act of achieving what you want and not letting pain get in the way of that and not letting pain be the thing that stops you. So I want to show you a clip very quickly from Star Wars. Uh, of Darth Maul. And I just want you to take this. I think this is one of my favorite scenes. Also, the actor who plays Darth Maul is probably one of the best. It's probably some of the best voice acting I've ever heard. So just take a listen to this amazing performance and check this out. Lost. 
I am lost. And yet, I can feel his presence so close, so close. I can see him in my mind's eye. Kenobi. Kenobi! End here like this? No, no. So, besides that awesome advertisement for Disney Plus, um, <laughs> what I love about that clip is that you see Darth Maul, this very vulnerable stage where he's not sure if this is the moment he stops for his thirst for revenge, for his goal really um but he decides despite that that this is not where his story ends that he is going to be the decider for when his story ends um now i want to make a take a quick second a, a quick aside to say that revenge is not to be misconstrued with anger and that revenge is a terrible thing to desire it really does lead to a terrible life. And the best way that you can seek revenge is by living your best life. It's a quote from the Talmud. Mm -hmm. Live well, it is the greatest revenge. Yes. So, and, and the reason why Darth Maul is so angry, by the way, is because he was cut in half in the first movie. He went insane. His pupil turned out to be uh, not a real version of his of his species. Turned out to be just a thing of magic. And then he had to topple entire governments only to be rejected by his master who raised him in the dark side. And now his only thing in life, his only reason for existing is because he wants to get revenge on the person who cut him in half, which is Obi-Wan. And I will not say anything more. So that's why he's so angry. Think about his rock bottom for a second. Now think about your rock bottom for a second, your moment where life did you wrong, right? You're talking about a combination of moments where you were left to pick up the scraps by yourself and pick it up in these multitude of ways. Let that anger you. There is nothing, there is nothing wrong with getting angry. So long as you take that anger and you use it to fuel the destination that you plan to achieve, that you deserve to achieve. And that's why I say surround yourself with people that are good, that are positive influences, because when you are around those people, you realize that you are worth it. You're not just worth having a good job. You're also worth having a good life. You're also worth having a healthy life. You're worth being around people that love you and that you love back. You are worth that. You've mm -hmm. survived something incredible. We're coming out of the pandemic now. Like this is the time to celebrate yourself. Get angry about that fucking moment in your life, those set of fucking moments in your life and take mm -hmm. that energy and use it to build your business. Take that energy and use that to achieve that goal. Whether it's a weight loss goal, whether it's a, I'm just going to start waking up earlier and start going on walks more often. I'm going to start building my business. I'm going to do something daring and maybe I'm going to be brave enough to try skydiving today. I don't know what the fuck it is, but the bottom line is 
you should be fucking angry and you are entitled to it. Mm-hmm. So get angry because I'm angry. I'm angry that that happened. I'm angry that I spent so much of my life convinced that I have to get a job in order to live a happy life and I have to succumb to someone else's work schedule in order to do that. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take some motherfucking control of what's in my vicinity and I'm going to make every moment that I physically exist in mine. And I'm going to do that by building a business. I'm going to do that by eating healthier. I'm going to do that by surrounding myself with people that love me and that I love back. I'm going to see my therapist. And you know what I did on my birthday the year following to make up for the last year's birthday? I did go skydiving. I started this pandemic at 205 pounds. I'm now at 183 pounds. I lost 20 pounds during this pandemic and my goal is to get to 175. I'm currently in the middle of the diet. Why am I in the middle of the diet? Because I'm fucking angry. That's awesome. And if you want to take another metaphor from Star Wars, I'm gonna parallel the motto that I came up with with myself. I'm gonna replace work angrily, present happily and reflect humbly with work like Darth Maul, present like Obi-Wan and reflect like Yoda, okay? I'm just saying that this is your moment to really take life into your own hands. Think about that thing that you deserve and now work for it. They teach you in self-defense that when you punch, you're supposed to punch through. Don't live a good life, live a great life. So some lasting tips that I have, journaling is fantastic. They say that when you write things down um, psychologically, Uh, you are more inclined to be in a better mood or even achieve that goal if it's a goal that you've written down. Write Mm -hmm. down your goals. Journal whenever you can. I have a journal for gratitude. I have a journal for meetings that I have at different business moments. And I also have a separate journal for random ideas. There's no wrong answer in journals. You know, there's no right way to journal. Just journal. Write things down. The more you write Mm -hmm. things down, the more positive outlook, outlook you can. And I know it's so exhausting to pick up a pen and write things down. But you know what? What's going to happen when you do that? You're going to take five minutes out of your day to get closer to who you really are. Like, mm-hmm. there's, nothing, there's nothing more valuable than that. So five minutes is not even a sacrifice to the grand scheme of it. My conclusion to all this is let's destigmatize anger. And let's use it as this fantastic reason to live our lives to pursue the thing that we want to use it as the as the fuel to motivate what you love and i know that that's very backwards but it's something that takes a lot of time and practice doing Mm -hmm. and for those who have been wronged it's everybody in this group we're all human beings we all go through this we all have been wronged and i i want to say i'm so sorry that you guys experienced the things that you did but i also want to say that in the grand scheme of it, there is a lot to be thankful for when experiencing those things, because when experiencing these moments, having gratitude for them will help you get to the next level, that next heightened level of your existence. So it's now time to pursue that. It's now time to get angry. And then it's time to get to that goal that you so deservingly are entitled to. Thank you for listening. This podcast releases bi-weekly on Fridays. To attend one of our networking events, visit the registration link in the show notes or go to www.mrthrive.com. Would you like to be a guest on our show? Email chaz at mrthrive.com. Thanks, and we'll see you next time.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.